are now listening to PursuitCast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. What's up, guys? It's me, Sam, back again with another episode of Pursuit Cast. And this special one, we're coming from uh, straight from Brooklyn, recording live in Brooklyn uh, with my good friend, Josh McDonald. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? Doing good, Sam. Good yeah. to be with you guys today. Yeah, thank you so much for um, hanging out with us today and uh, inviting me to your home to do this podcast. Uh, if you could just share with the people who are listening, you know, who you are, just a little bit about your background, where you're from. Yeah. yeah so for those of you listening, as Sam said, my name is Josh McDonald. Um, I'm actually originally from Michigan, but um, I had a crazy, I won't go into my full testimony, but drug addict, slanging dope, being wild behind bars when I was 17. But I got radically saved when I was 19, uh, November 11th, 2008. And about six months later, uh, I moved to Kansas City, Missouri, where I joined staff at the International House of Prayer. And I literally was on staff from six months old in Jesus for the last seven and a half years, um, teaching in different capacities at our Bible school, teaching in all our internships and whatever. Got a beautiful wife and two kids that we met in Kansas. My wife and I actually met in Kansas City. So we've been married now for six years. And through a series of prophetic events, we transitioned off of staff at IHOP about a, just about a year ago. And we moved our whole family to New York City following the voice of the Lord. Yeah, so here we are. Awesome. And, and that's kind of how... You and I got connected is just how God brought you here to New York, and that's how we built our friendship and our relationship. Um, if you could kind of go into details, because it's such a cool story of how yeah. God brought you and your family just in faith to leave everything behind and yeah. just come here. If you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, I, you know, obviously I don't have, we don't have time to share the full story because it's several, several confirmations and prophetic, but I'll just start with this. Um so there's a movement. There's a. It all starts here, actually. There's a guy in Minneapolis. His name is Steve Ugin. He's an incredible apostolic leader in the body of Christ. And what he does is, is he, um, he goes from city to city, and they do these events called Love Your City. And so what what we do is, and actually we were we were my, myself and the evangelism teams at IHOP, what I was helping lead at the time. We all kind of birthed this movement together, and it was called Love Your City. So what we do is, is for those of you who don't know, listening maybe, uh, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City is known because we have a prayer room mm-hmm. that goes 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have over 30 worship teams mm-hmm. that every two hours rotate around the clock, and the worship never stops. And going for 18 years, wow. not a second of silence. And so what happened was is uh, with with some of us that were carrying the evangelistic DNA of the prayer movement, we begin to toy with what if we could do 24-7 evangelism? Because wow. So anyways, what happened was is that that movement was birthed. And so what we do is we go into cities and we do 24-7 evangelism with 24-7 prayer. So for seven days, wow. it'll go around the clock where the prayer room is praying for those that are out on the streets. And we, we, we have a whole cycle. It's amazing. So we were doing Love New York in 2015. And long story short, you know, I had been to New York City a couple times that year, 
you know, in no way ever thought I'd be moving here. Yeah. Actually, I was ministering in Jersey and different things. So I'd, I'd been to the city about three different times, but we were gearing up for Love New York. And um, I couldn't be at Love New York until the last four days. And so I ended up, I ended up personally fasting 21 days for New York City. Mm-hmm. And most of the prophetic, um, what in my, in my world, we call it the prophetic swirls. And what that means is you get caught in these like tornado swirls with God where all of a sudden you're having dreams and confirmations yeah. and you just are like, wow, I'm caught in a swirl right now, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we were, I fasted 21 days for Love New York. And at the beginning of that fast, this, this was in uh, September of 2015. In the beginning of that fast, my wife has a dream. And in the dream, we were flying over New York City and the voice of the Lord comes in the dream and says, you'll be moving to New York City. Wow. But just to be honest, Sam, like we have so many prophetic dreams that like, I, you know, we, we weren't like, oh, we're moving to New York City. It was just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Well, then long story short, I come to New York for Love New York and something hit my heart and I don't, I can't explain it. It was a supernatural love, mm. not even just for the city, but just the way of life and the culture. And I was like, something's going on here because I travel all the time. I mean, yeah. I, I travel, you know, I used to travel every weekend. So like, it's not like, it's not like I was excited to be traveling. I'm, I'm used to traveling, but it was, something was happening and I remember um, texting my wife for four or five days into it, honey, this is crazy. I've never felt this way about a city before. And we can. I came back for, from Love New York. We we saw all kinds of crazy stuff. The sick being healed on the streets. We we hosted an event in Brooklyn called the King's Banquet, mm-hmm. where we put on a amazing um, banquet for the homeless. Yeah. Uh, we rented out this crazy ballroom. It cost like thirty grand for one night. And we brought in the homeless, and it was it was wild. We we, we ravishly poured out our dude crazy stories, miracles, signs, and wonders. But when I came back to Kansas City in in the mid November of two thousand fifteen, we just knew something was up. I in no way in my mind was I thinking we were moving because I was like we were at IHOP, the greatest place ever. You yeah. know, thousand thousand missionaries <laughs> all doing life together. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it was just it, why would I ever leave IHOP? You know, and. I just said to my wife, what if we just went to New York for a month in the spring of 2016 just to see what God was saying, you know? And keep in mind, Sam, I really, really, really did not think we were moving there. I thought we were getting a prophetic assignment for New York. Mm. God was going to do something with us. We were going to travel back and forth. Well, long story short, we it came down to, okay, we're going to do it. And so we decided to go to New York for 21 days in March of 2016. Um, and so w- what happened was, is, is actually it was a miracle. I didn't know how we were going to pay for it. And someone paid, someone called me a week before we were going to leave and wrote me a $5,000 check wow. to pay for the whole thing. Or no, it was like 30, sorry, sorry. It was like a $3,500 check. Yeah. This guy's written me $5,000 yeah. check since then. So I got another I get, one. Yeah. Amen. Name. Amen. So, so, so this guy pays for the trip and we're like, okay. And during that 21 days, we got caught up in a prophetic whirlwind. I mean, I, I could tell you 20 stories of confirmation, yeah. but the one that's really interesting, uh, I'll share this one, is uh, right before we left, actually, so like two days before we left to go to, to, go to New York City for the month of March, um, my wife's friend has a dream. Mm. And in the dream, she, my wife, in, in the dream, my wife is pregnant and her due date is March 8th. That's it. That was the dream. So our friend calls us and is like, hey, I had this dream about you um, that you were pregnant and your due date was March 8th. And we're like, okay. And she goes, maybe you need to pay attention to March 8th. So keep in mind, March 8th is going to be in like nine days. Yeah. So we're in New York and we're thinking it's, you know, what's going to happen, you know, March 8th. And we were a part of a conference at J-Hop that weekend um, with Jamie Galloway and some other, Darren Wilson, you know, the guy who made the Finger of God movie and 
all those things. Yeah. So we were with them, and all this stuff was swirling. Well, check this out. Nothing happens on March 8th. But on March 9th, our friend texts us and says, hey, I had a dream about you on the night of March 8th. I have to share it with you. Yeah. So you tracking with me? The girl has the dream that my wife's pregnant and her due date's March 8th. And so she tells us, pay attention to March 8th. Well, then now on March 8th, yeah. God gives a dream to this random girl in Iowa. Someone that's, you know, she's an amazing friend of ours, but it's just a random person to have yeah. the dream. And in the dream, she's scrolling through Facebook. So she's in her dream. She's on her Facebook. Yeah. She's scrolling through and she sees a post from Sean Foyt. Sean Foyt, if you guys don't know who he is, he's a you know famous worship leader, the burn movement, yeah. burn 24-7. He's at Bethel now. Mm-hmm. Um in the dream, Sean Foy posts a video on Facebook, and the video says, little boy asks to pray for a man, and revival breaks out. She clicks play on Sean Foy's video, and it's me. Wow. And I'm preaching to all this this crowd of people um, in New York City. And wow. so what had happened was is my son and I were walking through New York City. And my son goes, Daddy, we got to pray for this guy. The guy got healed and revival broke out, which is so like normal of my kids. Yeah, like my kids, sure. my kids know that, that that's what we do, you know. Yep. So that stuff was happening. It just kept, it was just crazy. You know, a good friend of ours, Jay Thomas, worship leader at IHOP, his wife, you know, called us on like the last day of our month long trip here to New York and was like, the Lord told me you guys are moving there. You know, it just got wild. It got wild. But then the last, and I'm skipping like 20 confirmations. Yeah. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. It was about 30. We, we counted. It was about 30. But the last one that was the, so when I was like, okay, we're going to New York with my wife. My poor wife was like yeah. not ready to go. And we decided to go on this on this hush. It was for like seven days or something where I promised my wife I w- we wouldn't talk about New York for seven days, right? Yeah. She's like overwhelmed. By this time, we're back in Kansas City, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, my wife says a secret prayer to the Lord, a prayer that she didn't tell me, didn't tell anyone. Yeah. And her prayer was, God... If this really is you, then you would have already told Lori Ditto. Now, Lori Ditto is this prophetic mother that we have in our lives, wild prophet, will mm-hmm. call you right before you're about to sin type person, you know, <laughs> tell you your social security. Yeah. Like, no, really scary prophetic. Lori Ditto. So she says, she says that to the Lord. Lord, if this is really you, you would have you would have now keep in mind what she said. You would have already told Lori Ditto. Not you'll tell Lori Ditto now that you have already had told her this. Yeah. Well, we're on our hush, right? And it's like a big deal. Like, I can't talk about New York. I decided to take my wife on a two-day vacation in Kansas City. We stayed in this really nice hotel and just kind of got away for a couple days, right? Well, the second morning of our vacation, my phone rings at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's Lori Ditto. Yeah. So we're laying there, you know, in our in our hotel room. I answer the phone, and she's like, hey, guys, I heard a rumor, and I want to know if it's true. And I'm freaking out because I promised my wife we wouldn't yeah. talk about New York. So I'm thinking she's going to be upset. Yeah. You know? And she goes... I heard you're moving to New York City. And so, because at this point, like, word was getting out that we were in a swirl about moving there. And so I I look over, my wife starts weeping. And I'm like, huh? And she goes, well, I have to tell you, I have to tell you guys something. She goes, I was in New York City in January and I was doing a conference and I was, long story short, she was here in New York City. And the voice of the Lord came to her here in New York City out of the blue. This is before we had any clue we were moving here. And the Lord said, I have an assignment for Josh and Landry in New York City. Wow. But she goes, I just never said anything. She goes, now I feel like it's the time to tell you. So remember, Landry yeah. said it. Yeah. So that was like, it was just crazy. And so we launched out. And what we did was, is we made a video, a 20 minute long, like the, the most unprofessional fundraiser video ever. Everyone tells you, yeah. keep your videos short. <laughs> you know, we did a 20, we told our story in a 20 minute version and we raised like $35,000 in one month. 
one month and we moved here. And so we're coming up on that year right now. Come and, on. you know, we're, we're totally missionaries. Like, we don't get paid. Like, we're not on, you know, I don't have a job. Like, and so the Lord has just supernaturally provided for us sure. in, in the most expensive city in America. Actually, supposedly San Francisco just, just broke past New York in cost of living. Yeah. But but anyway, so that, that's how we got here, man. And so yeah, we're just trying to amazing. follow the voice of the Lord, man. And, and that's how we got connected, I think, back yeah. in March when you and your wife and your kids were just scouting the city. And I know that it's been quite a journey for you since then. Yeah. And just even in our personal conversations, you've shared how these confirmations and these words that you received have really anchored you in this season yeah. because God is doing something and teaching you and stripping yeah. you of so many things. Um, if you could share on that, just Absolutely. because I feel like it'll encourage so many people listening. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a big one. So, so this, so actually, yeah, for those that are listening, this has actually been the hardest year of my entire life, actually, yeah. since being here, uh, or well, since being in the ministry, since being saved. You know, we've been in the ministry for eight years. Um, so, yeah, I'll explain what the Lord's been doing in our hearts, and I think it's encouraging because it's what the Lord is wanting to do across the whole body of Christ. But Amen. either through bad theology that God doesn't discipline His children or things like that, we don't even understand this subject. And even if we were invited into it, we would a lot of times rebuke it as it's the devil. Sure. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. And so, so I came from, um, you know, a life of knowing nothing but increased blessing you know, the fast track, um, you know, all of those things. And so, so yeah, so coming from that world of just, you know, I'm a new guy, I'm young in the Lord and I'm getting promoted overnight. It felt like, you know, and, and different leaders at IHOP just saying, this guy's on the fastest track we've ever seen. And I'm traveling around the nation, sure. preaching at conferences, dude, just that living that life. Right. Well, then we come here and what happens is, is, you know, we're on all of this momentum, you know, revival is going to break out in New York City. We're going to join the staff at this ministry and we're going to build the house of prayer, right? We're on, we're on, we have all this yeah. stuff, right? Well, about, a, about, I don't know, maybe a week or so before we move here, the Lord makes it super clear to me that I need to stop traveling and preaching and, and really doing doing any of the outward stuff for six months. Now, I thought the Lord was doing this because, you know, we're transitioning to New York. I need to have grace on my family. It had almost nothing to do with, like, grace on my family. Yeah. Because I didn't really realize what was about to happen. So here I am, come to New York. I'm used to, you know, ministry, all of this stuff, right? And immediately I'm thrown into this swirl where... We're trying to build stuff. Nothing's working. It's getting shut down. We're getting super misunderstood because we're new here. People yeah. don't know us. We're getting super misunderstood in a lot of things. And then I'm catching myself like in conversation when I'm meeting new people. I'm like catching myself trying to like promote like who I am and like yeah. making sure I'm letting everyone know that I'm on this sabbatical. And like I'm and I was realizing, dude, my identity is really caught up in this, like mm. in a real intense way. Well, and then the fact that everything that I'm trying to do and build here wasn't working, um, you know, trying to grow the house of prayer, it's not working, trying to start things and it's getting shut down, whatever. And here I am, dude, three months into this journey living here and nothing's working. Yeah. So, so, so. It's like all of my performance of the things I do to stay busy and to feel good about myself and think that God's pleased with me, 
all that's being challenged. Wow. And I'm starting to go, this is crazy. And so then, so then here's what ends up starting to happen, Sam. Because we're because we are in the ministry, we live by faith. You know, we don't get paid like we don't. You know, we're not. We totally live by faith and partners, right? So here I am now in this season where I have nothing to show. Yeah. Anybody. So I'm like, so that's so. So all of a sudden, in a season where I need the most money I've ever needed to live somewhere, I'm doing the least I've ever done in ministry. So what am I going to say to people? Sure. And so 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 I'm starting to get challenged with. Dude, my identity is caught up in ministry. And then I don't really trust the Father. In the, I don't trust the Father for my finances. I trust in my ability to perform. Wow. In a season where I'm not performing, what am I going to do? Right? So and so good. all of a sudden, dude, systematically, man, I start to just go through more and more stuff. And and um, a lot of relational tension and conflict Um with the ministry that I was on staff with. And if I look back at it all, man, and it all was a part of a season God was putting me through. And you know what? Took me about six months, Sam, when I realized, oh my gosh, this isn't the devil. Because I was rebuking the devil. I was trying to blame it on people. I was trying to say this person and that person's not understanding and letting me be me. That's why it's not flourishing. You know, I'm coming up with all the reasons why it's not working. When I begin to realize... God, you're actually dealing with me wow. on something, and you're actually this is actually an ordained season from you. Sure. And I'm beginning, and so what's beginning to happen is, is through all of these different circumstances, Sam, different areas in my heart are starting to come to the surface that I didn't know were there. Mm. Um, so my identity, my identity being found in the ministry and not as a son. Um, Orphans. So, so the, the stuff where I was talking about where I don't trust God for the finances is really at the core. It's an orphan thing yeah. because I don't trust my father. Um, and I could just go down the list, man. The Lord, it just all of a sudden starts like dealing with me on all kinds of stuff. And I begin to realize I am in a John 15 season. Mm. And so I begin to really dig into John 15, which is, you know, Jesus gives the famous, the famous saying about pruning. Now, in the midst of this pruning, I'm starting to then also recognize the Father in it, though, because all of a sudden, you read through John 15, and in the church, here's what we hear. Like, this is a very common phrase you hear in the church. It's, God prunes those that he loves. Yeah. Right? Who We've all heard that, but it's not biblical. Mm. The Bible doesn't say God prunes those that he wow. loves. It says yeah. he prunes those who bear fruit. That's so good. And so I begin to realize that actually... The life that I've lived for the last seven years, bro, whether it's been through evangelism, signs and wonders, uh, we, we, we've had a history of just long distance, 21, 40 day fast, just fasting for breakthrough in our nation, even like fasting for personal stuff like, God, we want to see, we want to see a greater level of authority and yeah. we'll fast 21 days for it, right? And I'm beginning to realize that this painful pruning that I'm going through right now is actually a stamp of approval on my life that God is saying a couple things. He's saying, one, all that contending you did for the more of me, all the fasting, all the prayer, I heard all of it. But in order to get to the breakthrough and the fruit of what you've contended for, there's this middle place of me allowing me to deal with you because I want a pure version of what you contended for. Wow. See, because what we contend for is glory, revival, signs, and wonders, but we want it without a cross. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, and realistically, God wants to give us glory, signs and wonders beyond our wildest dreams. But he has a vision of it being in a mature place where you are a man of integrity and maturity to carry it and walk in it. Because, you know, how many people have we seen fall in sure. horrible sin? Sure. I mean, let's just be honest, dude. And, I mean, I travel all over the all over the nation and it actually blows me away how unchrist like some of my heroes were. Mm. No, I'm be honest. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say names, obviously, yeah, but like, no, really, like you get in these back rooms with people and you get to interact with them and you find out like, and at, and at the same time you want to have grace because we're all human, but like the anointing doesn't match up to any of, you know, faith for miracles, signs and wonders has nothing to do with our integrity. You sure. know, it's about faith. And so anyway, so I'm just like in this place where God's like saying to me, you know, the reason why you're going through what you're going through right now, Josh, is a result of a life of bearing fruit and the season that I've put you in, I've counted you mature enough to walk through. Mm. So I began to realize that this was actually a promotion, that the wilderness of pruning, I mean, dude, one time, it's funny because I'm in the craziest city in America in the wilderness, you know, because it's hard out here. Everyone, I mean, no one lives the lifestyle that we do. Like, you know, everybody works full time. Everyone works 80 hour a week jobs. So no one has time to hang out. So we really are kind of loners out here. We don't really have friends, you know, and, and here I am in a season where I'm going through so much pain and I'm realizing I'm actually a real idiot. Like, I'm actually realizing, dude, that I'm, like, not cool at all. I'm actually so insecure. I actually have so much fear of man. I don't know who the father is. Like, you know, my identity was in the ministry. Not You know, all those things are being pl- are being put to the surface. But I but I look at it, and the, I just hear the whisper of the father, this whole thing where I've just been like, you know, I've it took eight years to get me to a place of maturity for the Lord to begin to put His finger on issues in my life. Mm. Aren't, you, aren't you glad the day you got saved, God didn't God didn't show you the twenty you know areas? That, you know, yeah. Usually, when you get saved, it's like the one thing you know you got to yeah. stop sleeping with your girlfriend or something, yeah. right? But over over our walk to the Lord, as we grow in maturity and we allow Him to, He begins to pluck things up and prune things, oh, and that's so. Good. That's the season we've been in, man. And it's been crazy because here's what's funny. Remember how I was on the sabbatical from speaking and all that? I mean, dude, it was funny too because I was thinking this is going to be hard. Like people are going to ask me, dude, not one soul, like at, hardly at all, asked uh-huh. me to come preach, teach, do nothing, right? And we got to this place where we were evaluating what God was doing in front of us. And it's like, okay, in a season where I'm doing the least I've ever done for you, God, you're providing in ways we've never seen before. Wow. I mean, because it takes a miracle to live in New York financially. I mean, wild stuff, dude, like $10,000 checks, like things like that. And, and and I'm like, and I get nervous when people say they want to start partnering with us because I, I assume that they think I'm winning New York to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I have to like call them and tell them like, dude, I'm in this weird pruning season. And like, so just watching the money come in in such a way in a season where I have nothing to raise money for. Mm. It's amazing. And so God's just been doing that. But what was crazy is, is there was these two Chinese girls across the street at the Chinese place. And there's this little Chinese restaurant. And we, we started discipling these two girls that yeah. their parents own this Chinese place. And I'm looking and I'm like, the fruit of my life in New York is two Asian girls who steal from me when they come over to my house. <laughs> you know? you know. And and this one day, this one day. I was just, I was, we were on a fast and we were, I was digging into just, you know, the uh, the anthem over my life has been, you know, the life of Elijah and just the, his life from first Kings 17 to second Kings two. It's been a big like thrust for me. So I was in a passage in first Kings that I've been in a thousand times. And it's where, it's where, um, in first Kings 19, it's where Elijah throws his mantle on Elisha. 
Well, for the first time in all my years of studying this passage out, I came to a, I was reading a commentary and I found out that when Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha, it was actually a legal adoption. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, in the we love, we love talking about that in the charismatic church. Yeah, the mantle. And- no, it is. And it, and that, it is that. But actually, in time, in, in, that, in, in that time of history, when you would want to adopt somebody, a child, you would throw your, your coat on them, your mantle mm-hmm. on them. And I begin to process through. God, what we think is successful in ministry is not in your eyes. Now, if you now if God calls you to a mega church and all that stuff, that's great. But I begin to have this burning passion at the end of 2006. What are we in? 2017. Yeah. So the end of 2016, I began to have this burning passion, and I was like, and I remember, I remember, I cried out to the Lord here in my living room. I said, God, if I never travel and speak ever again, you know, then then what, you know, I was just kind of like crying out to yeah, him, God, yeah. if I never travel and speak ever again, God, then so be it. Because what's successful before you is that I would just father and mother a bunch of people in my living room. Wow. Right? And and that's, that's released me actually into a whole new assignment and mandate anyways. But when that happened, it was almost like the Lord heard out of my mouth what he had been waiting to hear. And it was that my son is being delivered from the ministry. Yeah. And the addiction to the ministry. And you know what's crazy? Like within two days, I get a phone call to preach at my first conference since living here. Mm. And it turned out, this is what was crazy about it is, is, um, you know, I wouldn't preach at this conference. And it, it, it was unbelievable. It, it ended up being... Like six, almost like six months to the day that the Lord talked to me about laying things down. Mm. And I'm still now in the process sure. of being delivered from these things. And dude, I mean, I'll be honest, you you know what this season has done for me is it's caused me to value authenticity, real friendships, real relationships, mm. people that will run with each other and, you know, bear each other's burdens and actually stick by each other like brothers regardless of the season they're going through because in this season it's like i don't have anything to offer anybody you know like i i'm no i'm a nobody right now and and so the ones that are sticking close to me in a season where i'm not bearing as much fruit is that's what it's really about and it's funny because this i'm like starting to hate religion beyond anything i I could have imagined and i think a lot of times in the charismatic world when we think of the spirit of religion we think that means no signs and wonders you know and that's not really what it is spirit of religion is traditions it's it's all those things you know and so just getting delivered from so much in this season and just really, really, really like wanting like never before, man, to be the most authentic version of Josh that Jesus wants me to be. And and most of all, God forbid that we pursue ministry and get busy, but don't know him. Yeah. And that and that when sure. and that and that when a trial comes in our lives, like it did with me here in New York, it shakes us to the core. Now, I'm thankful that God's taking me through this, but like I believe that I believe that the Lord is wanting to do this all over the body of Christ. Um, and I think I and I just want to hit on this for a second. I think poor theology too is a reason why this subject right here is like frowned upon. Mm. Because I think we we live in this world where God is, you know, the God is good world, which is of course he's good. You know, the, the, this this emerging generation of my, my millennials of my age, I'm 27, you know, it's God is good, right? And it's like this blanket statement. And then they and then they filter that through blessing increase only ever because God wants his best for us, right? Wow. What we don't realize is, is 
that's truth, but God has a process that he's taken everybody through sure. to get there. And I think that poor theology about God not pruning his children um, causes us to actually be invited into these seasons, but not recognize it as the father and actually rebuke a season that God wanted to bring us in called discipline because of something so much greater that's to come. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and I think so many believers are, are God's because I, so it's funny now I'm preaching on the pruning. Yeah. So now I'm traveling again, and I'm and I and I've been preaching a lot on pruning and just this subject of being del- of all and and people in the altars are being flooded. Mm. You know, I was at a church just last month of you know bigger decent sized church, couple hundred people, and I mean, dude, I would say ninety percent of the church came to the altar saying that they were in this very season right now, and, wow. and, and I'm getting testimonies. Sam, of people that are saying, we've never heard it communicated like you just did. I didn't even realize that I was in a pruning season and I've been swirling trying to get answers when I just need to rest and let God draw these things out of me. Yeah. So people even people even getting set free. And so I think that the greatest move of the spirit is coming. <laughs> you know, yeah. we lo- Everyone says that and I agree, but I think that we're in a preparation process right now for the greatest outpouring that we've yeah, ever seen because... It's not just about miracle signs and wonders. It's about miracle signs and wonders, but the people actually really look like Jesus. Because there's a whole lost world out there, man, that if they want to see miracle signs and wonders, they just turn on Christian television. Mm. And, and, then, and then they see the 30 offerings that get taken up in a 15-minute time. And there's all of the extra. Yeah. And I believe God's delivering us from the extra that's not him and just getting us to be okay with what's just him. You know, and and, and that's the season I've been in, man, so... Yeah, thank you so much for just sharing that. Um, I mean, I, I feel like even what you're sharing is 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 you being a marker of what it looks like, and you being able to put language to yeah. what others are going through. It's amazing. I know it's encouraged me in the past in our conversations and and other yeah. things that you posted. Um, I know we're running out of time here, and we definitely have to. Have you come back on again? Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, there's so much we could talk yeah, about. This I mean, is, yeah. Get ready for an anthology with Josh McDonald That's coming right. soon. But come on. Um, just to close out, um, how can people stay connected to you and and follow along with what you're doing? Yeah. Um, so I have a website, but like it's really lame. It's uh, <laughs> it's joshmcdonald.org. So it's not like the restaurant. It's not Mick. It's Mac. So it's J O S H M A C D O N A L D dot org. But it's my website's a little bit lame to be honest. I took all my videos down because they were just old and outdated. And so I do have a website. That's how you can get a hold of me there. You can email me there. I, I keep my itinerary pretty up to date there. But I'm very active on social media. Um, uh, so Facebook me. Find me on Facebook. Um, you know, I have a ministry page and a personal friend page. And I, I love how you can follow now yeah. on Facebook. So I don't really use that ministry page much anymore because you can still go to my personal page and follow me. So I post stuff nonstop, whether it's quotes that are burning in me that I heard someone else say that I felt were good. I do videos. And I'm going to start doing more videos actually really soon here. Um, Instagram. Yeah, we'll those have all the links up. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Find for, me on Facebook. Yeah. Just start there. Thank you so much yeah. for hanging out with us sharing what God is doing. Um, I know it's going to bless everyone who listens. Amen. So. I hope it does. Yeah, thank you. And to all those listening, thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah. And stay tuned for a new episode coming soon. Amen. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www 
www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.